0: in free bets if either team hits a three in any nba playoff game visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions 21 years of age or older to wager washington dc only new customer offer all promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit free bets expire seven days from issuance please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 hey sis are you facetiming me from HomeSense again saving money that's my jam what do we think outdoor dining set or wicker lounge set since your signature dish is a margarita go with lounge okay i am so ready for this party it's been too long wait go back show me those pretty ceramic plates they're melamine even you can't break them look these cute cushions match is my is that sh- my shirt outfit your outdoors have it today at HomeSense. standout pieces outstanding prices
2: All right, cut the music, cut the music.
3: The pump so and ladies,
2: circumstances here. That's right. Cause I told you. I told you. I told you. Been doing it for years. And it happened, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. AEW recorded higher numbers than Raw or SmackDown. Eat it. Eat it. Now, it's only one demographic, but...
3: Well, the Demo God has spoken.
2: Yes. <laughs> Speaking of the Demo God...
3: What a clown show.
2: How, how quickly, though, how absolutely quickly does pro wrestling tees get these shirts out? Because you can now go buy a Demo God t-shirt.
3: Well, you know, I mean, that is... If that's not the way to open a show... Well, I I don't know how.
2: Oh, yeah. So, and let me just do it the right way. I told each and every one of you stupid little bobbleheads. Oh, boy. That's better. Go. There we go. That's better. There we you go. WWE bobbleheads. I told you. You wouldn't listen.
3: We're live Watch. right here. PW247radio.com. C2Cradioshow.com. Corner to Corner is on the air. Myself, Stan Grubb, Brian Taylor. We will be joined tonight, Brian. By the creator of the one true independent wrestling project, when it comes to wrestling comics, this guy's got it down pat. Michael Kingston is going to join us tonight, and it's true—you've heard, you've heard, you heard Brian. The bobbleheads were wrong, according to Brian. I don't know if they're wrong, bobbleheads for
2: one night, for
3: one night only,
2: for one night. Listen, if we can have. This one time at band camp, we can have one week of AEW. You know what I'm saying?
3: Let's call it what it was. I mean, the match between Donovan Dijak Dijakovic, excuse me. I still think that's a Uh stupid change of his name. Um, Dijakovic and Carrion Cross. While it was okay, wasn't a bad match. um, Definitely wasn't going to compete with AEW's main event, which was The Butcher and the Blade and the Young Bucks in a Falls County Anywhere street fight.
2: Well, yeah, but see, that's not true. Because I think for the first few minutes of both matches, it was going to compete. Really? Yes. And then everybody came to their senses. Those little springy necks stopped bobbling. And they said, oh. Let me go watch Spring the Next. Young Bucks. <laughs> yeah, Spring Next. Let me go watch The Young Bucks versus The Butcher and the Blade, who, in the last five minutes, recorded over a million hits, views, whatever you want to call it, uh, channel changes, whatever. Over a million.
3: I'm happy for them because, first off, a million viewers watching your product is a huge success for AEW. their first time at a million was their debut when we were, Hey, we were there. We were there live yes. and uh, we got to witness history being made. And Hey, this past Wednesday, we witnessed it again as AEW would hit the million viewer mark. And, and it is a great success. I mean, you can be a big fan of NXT. You can be a big fan of AEW. w <clears throat> we'll talk about that debate that I saw on Twitter earlier today we'll talk about that later but you can be a big fan of both but you'd be foolish to not recognize that aew has literally they have their finger on the pulse of the wrestling community right now and this is this is very similar to how it was i don't it, this is probably as close as we'll ever get to how it was during the monday night
2: war i think oh uh, uh you mean uh, on wednesday
3: yeah, I, I don't think we'll ever see that truly rekindled, but this past Wednesday is probably the closest because I happen to, I happen to agree with you. The beginning of both matches was a great start. And it seemed like Dijakovic and Carrying Cross was going to be a very competitive match. But I think within the first three or four minutes you did get that story like, no, Carrying Cross is going to beat the piss out of this guy. And once you knew that, once you knew it was going to end in quote-unquote a bloodbath, you knew that The Bucks and the Butcher and the Blade was going to be doing something a little bit special. Time to change channel, which is what everybody did.
2: Right. Yeah, so what's cool for me, right, in that whole main event thing, Mm -hmm. is you know I'm a fan of the Bucks. Yep. I've been a fan of the Bucks for quite a long time. Um, maybe not like, uh, you know, when they, (laughs) when they were in impact originally.
3: Oh, you're not a generation uh, me fan. Okay.
2: Yeah. yeah. So it took, it took, it took a while for them to grow on me, but I'm a huge bucks fan. I have been for years. I, ad nauseam, I tout them and how good they are. You know, a lot of people don't get into them, you know, but I'm a huge Bucks fan. And the cool thing is lately I've become a very big Butcher and the Blade fan. And I don't know what it is because they're, they're not the smoothest of wrestlers, right? Because I think Butcher's only been at this maybe four or five years. So, but, you know, sometimes, there's, you know, when they get in there, they're not that smooth. But for whatever reason, I'm just starting to grow on them. And it was really cool for me to see my favorite tag team and the Young Bucks and my favorite up-and-coming tag team and the Butcher and the Blade go at it and actually hit a million by the time it was done.
3: You know, the thing that bothered me the most, and you remember when the Butcher and Blade first debuted, I was pissed because they were just getting buried. Very much like the Dark Order. They were just losing every single week. And I'm like, come on. You brought this tag team in. You've you touted them as successes, and they're losing to everybody. And then finally, finally we get this matchup, that big eight-man tag where the Butcher and the Blade and the Lucha Brothers take on the Bucks and the FTR. And it's like, wow. Finally you get a glimpse of what these guys are really capable of. Then we have this street fight, which, um... You know, first off, the butcher and the blade are tough guys. You know that, and they're—I I, agree—they're a little rough around the edges, but they're—they're they're getting better every time. Um, and we finally saw something out of the Bucks that I think even non-young Bucks fans would agree that we saw. Um, well, they have grit. They have the ability to get a little dirty and to mix it up. They have their high spots, which you know, of course, you're going to do that. It's the Bucks, but you had something in this fight that said these guys legitimately are fighting for their lives. And you were able to suspend disbelief for as uh, as long as you needed.
2: Right. Uh, Yeah. And, and again, so this isn't the most technical match in the world, right? Right. Right. But you, you can actually, if you watch it, you can actually see growth in this match. To me, you know, you can see this is one of those matches where you can see. Well, this is what they're going to look like six months down the road in the butcher and the blade. Right. You know what I'm saying? This is one of these matches where they they hit a new plateau. Right. So now they they were good enough to go with the young bucks in this match. And now the pressure's on because they did get a million people watching them and now they they they've hit a new new you know new level right so now they have to keep moving and improving and you know that's what i think AEW does better than any other uh fed out there right now is they allow you to reach this area and then they allow you to continue to move forward
3: well, and that's just it. Like, with with what we saw with the buildup of the Butcher and Blade to this matchup, we finally got a chance to see, okay, these guys can be trusted. Like, you could see there was a sense of faith that was given to them to work in their style. And, I mean, how about the setup? I mean, they had the the Butcher, you know, carving off, you know, planks of steak, you know, planks of meat. And they're throwing slabs of steak at each other when they're fighting, which was which was actually really funny. Um, I just really liked how they handled it.
2: Yeah, and the, you see, the other thing, too, uh, that I like to butcher the blade. So they were in Impact. Now, I don't remember if they went by the same name or not, but they were in Impact for a little while. And they had uh, the bunny or Allie with them. Right, right. right. And so then they come here, and she's part of them, right? And so she's almost like, you know, she's almost. How do I put this right? So to me, she's almost like a piece that you needed for for them when they come in, mm-hmm. right? And not like eye candy or anything like that. She's just, uh, you know, the 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 topping on the cake if you will you know but now flash forward to today or wednesday and you haven't seen her with them in 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 quite a while and now they're it's it's like well now they're they're showing their they're coming into their own as far as like they're becoming a more violent brutal type tag team that doesn't need that
3: Right, right. There's no conversation required for what they do. It's very short, right. very sweet, and to the point.
2: Yeah, and, and you just, you don't need that. And I like that, that they, they've grown so much as a tag team that at first, you know, you kind of needed that. Mm-hmm. And then now you don't, because now their their characters have grown to a certain point and And, you know. I, I enjoy them I really do I'm really starting to like the butcher and the blade.
3: I just am glad to see finally some progress. I get tired of the okay we got a brand new team they're really do- dominant and you're gonna lose for like eight weeks just just hang out in the back where there's catering there get yourself some spray tan you'll be good eight weeks later finally we have something to be happy about because <laughs> you know they get involved and and I know it's hard because Tony and the bunch are all trying to juggle. Um, and there's a lot of talent there, a lot of people to talk about. So it's not exactly like it's an easy task. Um, but we're gonna put a pin in that because coming up here in a couple minutes, Brian, we have a guy that is a longtime friend of the show, friend of mine, um, who has been busting his ass just on a, god, on a daily basis for a comic that has. I mean, the guy's been doing work since 2008 on this comic. Headlock Comics started off as an independent, very, very brand new, like, 30-page paperback of just comic book goodness, right? So you had the story of Mike Hartman and his journey to becoming a professional wrestler. And along the way, he gets the attention of guys like CM Punk, of Colt Cabana, of John Morrison, of Ric Flair, Kenny Omega, of course the Young Bucks, Cody Rhodes, uh, Mick Foley just to name a few. If I was really to name drop every single talent this guy's come into contact with, uh, it would take me a good five five or six minutes more to really build him up properly. But he's got a Kickstarter campaign going on right now. He has been doing some really great work. And I told him a few weeks ago and a few days ago, if I could help in any way, I'd love to do it because he's just a good guy. And he's just a down-to-earth, wrestling fan that just wants to bring his product to us, to wrestling fans. So in a couple seconds here, we're going to bring him on. Michael Kingston, the creator of Headlocked Comic, he's going to be joining us to talk about the comic, about his Headlocked campaign on Kickstarter, talking about uh, a lot of what he's been up to in the past year or so. How maybe he's been handling, how has he been handling the COVID-19 pandemic? Because that's just—it's brutal for budding artists, and I gotta know just how he's been able to, really, to bite his time. Because what a guy, and what a what a hard worker. Um, I'm gonna bring him in right now. We're gonna be joined, in just a moment, by the magic of Skype. I'm gonna thank the folks over. Yay, at Skype. Skype. And, and today Turned it's lifesaver. Today it's working, Brian. Skype is working. today.
2: Don't don't tell Skype. Skype's working. <laughs> don't tell Skype
3: this, but alright. I'm just making sure we're meeting our clock here. A little pomp and circumstance. I, I should have played the macho man theme for this guy. That's what I should have done.
2: Yeah, I guess I I guess I ruined it with the high hijinks. Uh, we're
3: gonna bring him on board here. Always takes a moment. Got to get these folks to say hello. And there he is. Ladies and gentlemen, it's myself, Stan Grubb, Brian Taylor with Corner to Corner Wrestling Radio. We are happy to bring you Mr. Michael Kingston with Headlocked Comic. Mr. Kingston, long time no see, sir. How we doing? I'm great, man. How about you? How exhausted are you? Always
1: exhausted. Today's been... Uh... A little bit of an emotionally exhausting day just because it's, uh, this would have been the, uh, the last day of San Diego Mm Comic-Con and, uh, it just kind of bums me out. Like the show would have ended about 45 minutes ago. I'd probably still be, uh, probably still be, uh, you know, breaking down my booth and all of that. So it's, uh, it's unfortunate, you know, I miss it, but.
3: And that's, that's got to be the challenge for you, because I know that you are consistently busting your ass just to get everything done. I mean, this time of year is traditionally the busiest for you. Wouldn't you agree?
1: Uh, yeah, usually the, the two times that are really heavy for me are like March and April, like around WrestleMania, and there's a lot of early conventions that are heavy. And then uh, the summertime, usually... July, well really from July to New York Comic Con which is Columbus Day weekend so those are, uh, gets a little heavy
3: So why don't we do this, we're going to go backwards to go forward here, if you could take our listeners and, and <laughs> I, I know you know the routine It's it shouldn't be a, a new thing but tell the fans and the listeners here about Mike Hartman, tell us about his journey and what brought you to Headlock Comic Um, You know I've
1: been a A wrestling fan and a comic book fan my whole life and I feel like nobody you know nobody ever made a wrestling comic that uh, to me did justice to wrestling so I decided to make my own and um, you know we I came up with the story of Mike Hartman who's a theater major in college who fell in love with wrestling sort of unexpectedly and he quit school and it's his journey through the wrestling business Um, you know starting from day zero And so, you know, while he's like sort of navigating the underbelly of the business, we're also examining the craft of wrestling as he learns it through his eyes. You know, the eyes of a performance artist, Um, you know, and I I felt like that was a way to tell the story to people who maybe weren't, uh, you know, uh, maybe weren't necessarily wrestling fans, wouldn't necessarily read a wrestling story. But, you know, in the same way that there's people who who don't watch boxing, but they can enjoy Rocky. Right. So you kind of hide the medicine and the food and, you know, maybe you can, uh, educate people a little bit.
3: So you've, you've been at this for years, man. I mean, I remember meeting you in Baltimore and I, I was just telling the, telling the listeners here, you had the, the 30 page trade back, you know, the, the, the paperback basically it was a 30 page black and white at first, wasn't it?
1: Uh, no, no, we've always done color. Um, We've always done color, um, but yeah, we started with floppies,
4: mm-hmm,
1: and now we now we just do. Uh, you know, I don't do floppies anymore. We just do sort of. Uh, you know, we put out uh, OGNs, you know, original graphic novel. Um, you know, when we can, usually we try to do at least once a year, um, and then uh, we do some other side projects. So it's uh, it's growing. I think this year we'll probably have more content out um, than uh, than normal, just because of the, the the lack of travel i guess and i've been making some stuff for pro wrestling create and uh it's uh you know it's been uh, it's been an interesting year it's been a challenging year um i think everybody's trying to figure out how things are gonna land because whatever happens it isn't going to be the same and whoever sort of pivots the right way i guess will have an advantage over the people that are still trying to do things the way that they always did. I think given the nature of the way I do things, I'm still in a decent position because I was, I was never dependent on comic book stores. Comic cons has been a hit for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I mean, we've got this book that we've just made and it's getting funded and you know we're doing all right and i've got a couple more projects in the works that other people are making, you know, paying for me to produce. So i sort of think being outside of being outside of the traditional apparatus gives me a little bit of an advantage.
3: So that that brings me to a, a, an obvious question, but one i think that people are interested in hearing. Typically by this time of year you've got your calendar booked completely. You're, sure. I mean, I can send you a message and expect typically a response within a day or so, but normally during this time of year, I know not to mess with you because you're just overwhelmed. COVID-19 happens. You know, WrestleMania is literally canceled from the biggest event of the year to the Performance Center, and this spreads out through professional wrestling all the way down to every indie show. And now to you as the independent artist and creator – this had to have been really difficult to navigate at first. Can you kind of tell us what you did to kind of navigate in your way?
1: Um, I mean, it's been, it's been difficult. I'm not going to lie. I mean, you know, right now I'd probably be in the middle of a six, six to eight show swing, um, you know, in San Diego is obviously a big, uh, a big help for us, so this, uh, the Kickstarter that we're running now was originally slated for March and I had six consecutive shows set up in March mm-hmm. leading right through to WrestleMania, mm-hmm. you know, all, all big shows, all hitters. So, you know, unfortunately part of it is just trying to understand, like, you know, at the beginning I probably should have just let the Kickstarter go when it went, but I didn't know that, you know, you didn't know that the summer was going to get canceled, you know, just sort of so much changes mm-hmm. all the time. Um, you know, when I, I launched, I launched the Kickstarter and, you know, and then we got protests and then there was, um, you know, the speaking out movement in wrestling and in comics. And then the COVID spike happened again. And it's been, uh, I mean, it's been tough getting bandwidth, you know, I mean, obviously I don't think I could have picked a less opportune time to, uh, to, to try to get people to look in my general direction, but, um. It's it's tough, you know, because things keep pivoting and things keep changing. I mean, you know, every show in March cancels.
0: Is your savings just sitting there? Well, put it to work. A premium online savings account from PenFed earns way more than the national average. So you can get your savings working on earning you a vacation or a new kitchen or that fancy exercise mirror. Apply at PenFed.org savings. Premium online savings account holders must agree to electronic delivery of account opening disclosures and monthly statements. $5 minimum required to open an account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Is it acceptable to go to Mickey D's just for a drink? (laughs) Of course it is. But good luck leaving with just a drink. It's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink. And right now, a small Minute made slushy is just one fifty nine. So all you have to do is choose a flavor, like the Tropical Mango or Strawberry Watermelon, and enjoy like it's meant to be enjoyed. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
1: Well, to the summer, thinking that we would be through this in the summer, and then the summer, you know, some of them canceled and rescheduled to November, and some of them were just like, screw it, we'll do it next year. Um, and I don't know, I mean, technically I still have some shows on the books from in October and November, but I mean, you know, that's, I mean, it's three, four months away, but I mean, it might as well, it might as well be a decade in 2020, uh, months. Mm -hmm. So it's tough. Um, you know, I, like I said, I, I thankfully had secured a couple of things, a couple other gigs that have allowed me to stay uh to stay busy um you know they're most of them are headlocked, headlocked or headlocked adjacent um and uh that's uh that's allowed me to keep making content um i'm working on you know i've got volume five in the works mm-hmm. after this and uh the pro wrestling trade collaborations that we've done so it's uh you know just reaching out to different people and trying to figure out, you know what I mean? For me, like, the, the shows were, you know, my main method of distribution between Kickstarter and shows. And now mm-hmm. that, you know, I don't know what conventions are going to be. And I don't know if – I don't know if, when they come back, if they're going to come back like they did, you know? So, I mean, there's a lot of things to think about, you know what I mean? Like, how much – you know what I mean? How – even if we get a vaccine, like, how strong is that vaccine going to be? Are movie studios going to let their – big names go to these conventions on the off chance that they might, you know, lose them for a month. Um, You know, I mean, movie studios don't let the rock wrestle anymore because he hurt himself against John Cena. Right. And it cost that, and they cost that Hercules movie like $6 million in delays. So, you know, I mean, is a movie studio going to let Dave Batista do a comic con. And, you know, even if the, if the big names get pulled out of it, then, does that affect attendance? Does that, you know, do we have to spread the, the show floor out? Does that mean that there's less space? Does that mean there's less people? Does that mean, does that make the, sh- the, the shows cost more? So it's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of variables to consider and nobody, yeah. you know, nobody really knows how it's going to land. I mean, there was a show that ran in Huntsville two weeks ago. And I mean, the show floor was, you know, very spread out and the celebrities were kept on a whole other side of the convention floor you know, and I don't think it was very well attended, but it's, uh, you know, some people have tried to push through it and, and still run shows. And, you know, lots of people have canceled and you just <laughs> you really don't know how it's going to shake out. So you just try yeah. to put yourself in the best position you can.
3: So and here we are. We're we're now 27, 26 hours uh, as of <laughs> as of this moment, 26 hours away from the end of your uh, current campaign course this current campaign is tales from the road and you've got a hell of a roster of talent that have contributed to this project and of course the uh, amazing talent of, of the art of jerry the king lawler um tell us about this compilation this anthology of tales from the road
1: so you know in headlocked itself you know is, is mike hartman's story and everything is told from his perspective so you know, in the, in the grand scheme of the universe, you only really see a little bit. So the idea with tales from the road is that we would make these short stories and sort of build out corners of the universe and explore other places in the, in the world. And it allows us a couple of things. A, it allows me to collaborate with some of my favorite wrestlers. It allows me to play in different genres. You know, the stories have all different sorts of sorts of genres and, uh, you know, and, and it builds it builds out a little bit of space for us to eventually play in. So, you know, the story we did with Christian is about Canadian death tours. And so now if I decide I want to take Mike Hartman on a Canadian death tour, you know, we've got a little bit of connective tissue there. Um, you know, the story we did with Dominic Dijakovic is a horror story. Um, the story we did with Gangrel is about Bigfoot. Um, the story we did with Taya is a secret agent story. So they're all... They're all different. Uh, The Mustafa Ali story is about representation. The MVP story is more of like an urban legend. Um, And it gives you a a, a variety of different different stories. They're all about wrestling. We try to tie them all back into reality in some way, shape, or form. And, um, you know, there's a couple of characters that... I know in my heart, I've already sort of planned things for Headlock down the road, and there's a couple of characters we might run into later on. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of characters that people pay attention, they may recognize from uh, from the issues. So there's uh, there's a lot to, there's a lot to it. I feel like if you read Headlock, you can enjoy it. But even if you've never touched anything we've done, like you can pick up this book and enjoy it for what it is. Um, it's a series of fun stories created by a bunch of wrestlers.
3: You know, I always, I always think about like the parts of the book that I really enjoy, and the ones that always crack me up is where Mike Hartman is taken under the wing of a of a veteran who takes him to a strip joint, <laughs> and <laughs> and he's like they're sitting there, and then he gets stiffed, and then the next night, and you know, a few pages later, he's gets smashed over the head with a chair, which I thought the the way it was depicted was almost almost completely 100% accurate in the way that it was depicted in the art and the way the story plays out and then of course how this veteran turns out to be a classic example of never meet your heroes kind of thing
1: sure and it's funny too because on some level you know the the, the main sort of the story itself is about the craft of wrestling and the mm-hmm. you know the art of wrestling and the sort of the, the heel of the story is essentially the wrestling business mm-hmm. which i think is the the way that just about any art form is, you know, I mean, you talk about Hollywood, you know, everybody knows about the sort of the underbelly that exists in in any form of entertainment. So um, the interesting thing to me is that, you know, most of the wrestlers I've met have been just total sweethearts and super, super wonderful and uh, really, really nice to, to me and helpful and supportive. So it's funny that I'm telling this sort of, you know, dark tale, I guess, but you know, And, you know, and obviously, I mean, everybody's seen Dark Side of the Ring. So there's 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 some stuff there. I guess there's some truth to it. But ultimately, like my experience with with actual wrestlers has been nothing but positive. So it's uh, it's kind of funny.
3: Now, Mike, I think every time I've talked to you in in the years that I've known you, I've always asked you this question. So I'm going to do it again because I have to. Is there any chance we see headlocked either in animated or in real action form on television or in the movie?
1: um you know we've we've always had people sniffing around um so you never know we haven't pulled the trigger on anything yet um my my sort of dream i think would be to make it like a an adult animated cartoon type Mm -hmm. thing um i think ultimately you know when we conceived headlock nobody was doing wrestling comics to this day i don't think a lot of people do straight drama and comics other than, you know, other than what we're doing. I think most comics have some sort of genre element to them. Um, You know, and the wrestlers have been such a big part of it. Like, I think it would be really cool to be able to do like a late night cartoon and have the wrestlers do voices for it. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, just to be another type of a series that's sort of, you know, created by wrestlers um, and built by wrestling. So that would be my sort of dream. But I mean, obviously, I'm open for, I'm open for anything as long as it works, mm-hmm. you know, for me personally. Like I want to, you know, I want to keep making stories and I don't want somebody to take control of my, my world, I guess. And right. be like, well, you can't, you can't do these things anymore. So, um, cause at the end of the day, if it's, you know, if all I do is make a cool comic book, I'm happy with that. So, um, cause that's all I ever set out to do.
3: And I think that that's a, uh, a amazing thing about what you do is that you're able to reach so many people and i mean i mentioned it before you came on how many people you connected with that we all know of like cm Punk, jill thompson people like that but then there's the the other factor of the wrestling fans that you meet in every convention that you've been to um you know and you even you even met jesus in a san diego comment con one time <laughs>
1: Brandon. I uh I I I did I did indeed. I mean, there's no really no real way to prove that wasn't cosplay, so.
3: But you, you, I'm not saying that it that it was my brother. I'm just saying that he and Jesus have never been seen in the same room at the same time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Yeah, that's uh it's funny how you the people that you meet at San Diego Comic-Con and the connections and stuff, you know, like one of my one of my best friends is Steve Orlando and we grew up in the same like area code and we went to the same college and then we moved to the same city after college, all like, you know, I'm older than he is, you know what I mean? Like he was like sort of living my life 10 years after me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we met at San Diego comic-con, um, Ed loose who does a wuffable Oath. you know, I met him, he's, he's from the town I grew up in and I met him at San Diego comic-con. So, you know, how long have I known you? You know, but I met your brother at San Diego Comic-Con. So. <laughs> it's, it's funny. Like it's, it's, it's weird how, uh, like, I don't know. It feels like this weird nexus of realities. It is. Where yeah, it is. like anything can happen. Um, you know, you can just be at your booth and, you know, random celebrities happen by, or, mm-hmm. you know, some creator, um, you mm-hmm. know, Leonard Malton walks by a booth uh I used to walk by our booth a bunch. Um and uh Marv Wolfman and uh what's that dude's name? John Landis. Um oh, wow. You know, just just random yeah, you, know, you just see like these just random celebrities. Dennis Miller came by my booth the first year that we were at San Diego Comic Con. Um and it's just he was just hanging out while his his uh his uh his wife and daughter were like looking at some booth and he was just like hanging out. And then it was just, you know, at the time, like we're still, you know, we didn't have the necessarily the following that we did in 2009. So, you know, where, you know, my booth isn't at, isn't the attraction at that point that it was. So he's just kind of hanging out cause it's chill and I'm just there, just, you know, just talking with Dennis Miller. And it's funny just how that stuff happens on a big scale, on a small scale. Um, you know, the friends that you make and, the people that you meet. Um, it's uh, its really a, its a, a real wonderful uh, little place. And it's funny, i you know, at 8 o'clock tonight would have been when the show ended, and I just, I got hit with this, like, profound wave of sadness just because that, uh, you know, the show's over, and, just, you know, we, uh, you know, we, we sort of lost that, and <laughs> we're not getting him back, so... Mm-hmm. uh, It just kind of reminded me of a lot of the things that, you know, we've lost this year, I guess, ultimately. Just experiences and connections and, you know, and that's the stuff that I I sort of live for is just being among my friends and being amongst creatives and just being inspired. And, you know, a lot of that makes the, the grind worth it, so...
3: But I think, and, that, uh, I think that it's easy to lose sight of things, especially when you have so much, and we've all seen it happen this year. COVID-19 just kicked us all right square in the balls. <laughs> There's no other way to put it. It just is it is. For sure.
4: Well,
3: Mike, you're always very generous with your time. I am so appreciative of everything you do. Um, you know, we love what you do. We, we are here to support you, man. And uh, we've got you... Um, we've got your information linked on for the headlock campaign. Of course, we'll continue to update it to the uh, com for you. Um, real quick before we head on out, I did want to ask you, um, for the folks that are into pro wrestling tees and pro wrestling crate, what are some of the contributions you've done with that?
1: Um, so we, uh, some of the, and some of the stories you'll find it collected in tales from the road. Um, mm-hmm. we did a story, the story we did with Christian, um, we just finished a story with Taya. did a story with Sergeant Slaughter. Um, a story with Crime Time. We have a story in September with a uh, very popular Wait. set of
2: wrestlers who have a <laughs> Thank podcast. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and Brian. So so i Brian's here too. Yeah, I'm I'm one of the co-hosts and. And I like to let Stan do the interviews because I, I think too many people getting involved kind of makes it, you know, a little crazy sometimes. So, but but thank you for not spoiling this. I've been with Pro Wrestling Crate since I think crate number three, and <laughs> it's it's one of the highlights to get stuff like that in and and uh, pop that huh. bad boy open and and see what kind of goodies are in there.
1: We've got two more slated for the rest of the year, so, um, oh. so I think uh, you know if you're sticking around, hopefully you'll you'll dig them.
2: Oh yeah, because uh, I just got done with uh, Taya, uh, maybe maybe a week ago, and it was it was kind of kind of interesting, you know, wrestler by day, uh, secret agent by night feel, so.
1: Yeah, we were really happy. We were, what we were shooting for was sort of like the old El Santo kind of B action movie kind of feel for it. Um, and it was a lot of fun to it was a lot of fun to do. And I definitely think it's something like Ty is so creative, and you know she's got she's going to fashion school now, and she's she's so smart and driven. And like I would love to do more work with her just because she's such a joy to work with.
3: Well and that's cool. that's the coolest part of, of everything that we end up seeing from you. I always feel like such a homer when I when I get you on here because I'm I'm just a ridiculously huge fan of what you do. But the stuff that you are experiencing, even the negative stuff, even negative stuff that you've had to deal with is inspiring for guys like us because we get to see it from a whole different perspective.
1: Yeah, I mean, I try to let everybody kind of see the journey. I guess I, I do think, on some level, it's interesting. And mm-hmm. you know, I, you know, it's real easy to look at, you know, the highlights and be like, "Oh, this is so great." But I mean,
4: right?
1: I spend a lot of time in a car by myself. Um, I spend a lot of time up in the middle of the night, you know, staring at my computer, <laughs> just trying to make, you know switching two words around back and forth to try to figure out how it sounds better. Dialogue wise, Um, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, there's, 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 there's times where you have bad experiences where somebody, you know, let you down, I Mm -hmm. guess somebody that you're friends with or somebody that, you know, you're, you're tight with whatnot. But I mean, by and large, I mean, my experiences have been great and I've been really, really lucky and so many people have been so good to me, um, and you know, I wouldn't trade my experience for anything. So, I just, uh, I just like to share it with people because I do feel like on some level I'm lucky, and I do feel like a lot of people, you know, when I was when I was coming up, like there was no roadmap, there was no, there was nobody telling you how to do things, and I made all these mistakes because of it. So,
4: mm-hmm.
1: I feel like if there's people who are trying to break in to comics or sometimes wrestling, you know, I have people occasionally reach out to me about wrestling schools and stuff. And I try to, you know, direct them to the, the most reputable wrestling school in their area. And I have people that want to break into comics and I try to, you know, I try to talk to them about it, you know, and give them advice. So, you know, I, I just think it's, uh, I think it's helpful, I guess, if people, you know, I guess make their journeys a little more, uh, open for people to, to understand.
3: Is there a guy that when you get a crazy idea in the middle of the night that you absolutely have to call or text first?
1: You know, it's funny. It really depends on what the time is. Cause I've got West coast friends. I've got East coast friends, you know, um, it's, uh, there's a, there's a small handful of people and it really, it really kind of depends on the timing. Um, but I work overnights. So I work from 6 PM to 6 AM. So usually if I'm at work and it's something, something seizes me in a weird time, I, it'll be a West coast guy, yeah. but I've got a couple of West coast guys that, uh, that I'm tight with. So, uh, you know, Kevin Kleinrock, uh, Jonathan Bowles, Kevin Gill, um, Mike Miller. So they, uh, might get it you know if it's early enough i might send it to steve because i've gotten him into wrestling now so it's uh it's tough you know i mean not tough i mean it's it's great to have so many people all over the place Mm -hmm. so it's interesting i have i have more i think i have more friends in most big cities than i have like in my town so (laughs) sort of the the downside i guess of being a rolling stone
3: yeah rolling stone gathers no moss though so
1: we're just know, I've, been, I've been gathering some gathering some moss this year.
4: <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. Well, you know what, man? I want to tell you again. I really appreciate your your time tonight, your candor. I think that what you do is of immense proportions for fans like us, because we just get to see somebody that's truly a hardworking guy show some success and to su- show that hey, you can you can take an idea from beginning to end and see it through and it'll be it can turn out successful not at a guarantee but that it can happen and i think it's inspiring for a lot of people
1: and i like for people to see that you know i do a lot of panels about breaking into comics and how to get started and stuff and i always tell people i'm like listen this is what my life is like and probably 95 percent of you didn't know who i was when you sat down for this panel mm-hmm. so that's how hard i work to be unknown and that's the you know and that's kind of the thing you know i mean there's tons of people out there that are busting their humps to, to make their dreams happen. And it's not a thing that you can do passively, you know what I mean? But if you want to go all in, there's no, there's no limit to what you can accomplish.
3: Well, as you get closer to the end of these campaigns, I know it gets like a, almost like a breakneck pace and you have emotional highs and lows. So we wish nothing but the best in the success that you have had to continue. Um, You want to go ahead and just uh, this would be a perfect time for you to drop any last-minute stats or info. We can certainly do that and pass it along to our fans. Um, Yeah,
1: just we're we're really hoping to. We have 26 hours left. We're really hoping to get to 450 backers. We have a stretch goal at 450 backers where everybody gets their choice of one of our 10 most popular art prints. Um, And I'd like to I'd like to give people some cool stuff. Um, We're at 392 right now. So it's tricky, you know, I had a couple of had a couple of cancellations today, like people can drop in and out, so it's one of the, the more frustrating parts about Kickstarter, but uh, we, uh, we're going to make our final push here in the last uh, 24 hours and uh, see if we can get there.
3: Well, thank you again for your time tonight, and we will continue, of course, to help push the book, as always. Uh, Mike? You're, you're a hero, dude. I don't care what anybody tells you. You are.
1: I appreciate that, my friend.
3: No problem. Folks, that's Michael Kingston with Headlocked Comic. This guy has got 26 hours left in his campaign for Headlocked Comic, and you can throw some ducats his way. Click on the link on the website. It's just under the chat room. You'll see it's under where we says Proud Partners. You got the little blurb about the book, a little blurb about what is Headlocked. Click on the image, go to the, go to the link for Kickstarter, and throw some ducats his way. I, I think he's the hardest working guy in comic books.
2: Well, look, so I think, too, we should be remiss to make sure we pitch this out to our international listeners. Indeed. Who may not have ever heard of this, um, but it has been around for a very long time. Um, I know the pro wrestling crate Tales from the Roads are very entertaining to read so if you're listening like stan said get involved help them out uh let's make sure we uh keep this thing rolling nice man i really appreciate it yep, yep.
3: not a problem mike you have a great night sir thank you so much for your time
1: thank you take care everybody you too All right. uh-huh.
3: again ladies and gentlemen that was michael kingston Headlock comic, you know I love reading his books. I think my favorite thing that I've gotten from his stretch goals was my is my headlocked hoodie, um, and then of course there's hey if you've ever looked at our logo, I mean hello, bam, like that was that's <laughs> my favorite thing, right? <laughs>
2: Isn't that interesting?
3: <laughs> hey, I'm not I'm not ashamed to admit that I will gladly pay for good art.
2: Hey you know, but it, it go it should go to show the listeners, right? So what this company in this and, and Mike and everybody involved are about. So you've been going on about meeting him since Baltimore. I think it was, um, mm-hmm. uh, forgive me on the year. I don't remember a year. It's been a long time, but you've met him, You've talked to him, You've always been high on him. Um, you know, we got a logo, um, which, you know, is one of a kind unless somebody demands extra prints or something, you know, maybe, maybe they want to see the muscle balance stand and, you know, uh, all that good stuff. And, yeah, the gun's gun, uh, out, gun's out. Muscles! <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, uh, you know, again, once again, the, the, the comic's been out for a very long time, um, it is hard to do what he's done. And, you know, sometimes, especially in a situation like this, uh, you know, if you're familiar with it, you know, maybe, and you haven't read it in a while, maybe it's a good time to get back into it. If you're somebody who's never heard of it before, look it up. Uh, you know, there's plenty of material to read. Uh, for you international listeners, if you've never, ever, ever heard of it before and there's a good chance feel free check them out it's on the page we've got it linked you can just go through us and bam there he is and you know let's, let's keep getting these issues going
3: yeah I mean the coolest things that we find out through wrestling through the interviews that we've done over the years is that some of these guys hey we, we've dealt with some guys that were complete jerks we have But we have also dealt with some phenomenally hardworking people. And, you know, when I met him, it was like, damn, there's this guy who just put together a wrestling comic. Like, the only comic we had to look at for wrestling back then was the one done by Marvel Comics.
2: Well, no, you had had the WWE ones. Yeah. Remember, they were very short-lived
3: yeah the the one-offs that they did and and you Ugh. could never you never found really anything that would satiate that need that appetite for actual wrestling comics something that kind of explored a storyline something that just expanded upon what we already love and that's what headlock did and the coolest part was it was just a normal guy it was just an everyday guy that was putting together good work and it was super easy to get in touch with him like he was so responsive to his fans, to his readers. And I think, I really believe that that's what has made his success because he's so responsive to his people. You know, he doesn't turn his back on, on his fans. He doesn't turn his back on those that support him. And I think that's awesome.
2: You know, it, it is...
4: <laughs>
2: it is kind of a, a shame because I didn't realize it until, until he mentioned it that you know, this past week would have been San Diego Comic Con, and mm-hmm. uh, you know that's got to be hurt not just him, but a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of really in hard. the business, yeah, out of the business, fans, the the whole the whole kid and caboodle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've never been to San Diego, but I've always that's, you know where I always wanted to go. You know, because you know me, I do toys, I do comics, I do. You know, video games the whole nine yards, and that one week I can scratch every itch in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so it's just just goes to show you how you know how the turn of a uh, drop of a dime the world can change, and something you're so used to seeing and being a part of can be taken from you.
3: Well, and that's what's that's what's so crazy. Like, I, I felt bad because when I asked him about how he was handling COVID, because that's you know, that's kind of the question, right? That everybody's going to ask. You could hear just the the disappointment in his voice as he was describing it, and I was like, "Damn, I just <laughs> I just kicked my uh, one of my favorite artists when he was down." I'm like, "Damn it, I didn't mean to do that at all." But. You know, the reality is, that's where we get our fix for DC Comics movies, Marvel Comics movies. Um, uh-huh. You know, all the cool toys that are coming out. And it's where we normally would find out about, like, the retros that I talk so much about. And, you know, those are the things that maybe you got a glimpse of over the past few days, but it's nothing close to how it used to be. I mean, it's just, it is it is disheartening. I, I guess that's a great way of putting it, because it is, it's... I can only imagine how tough it is for him and, and for other artists like him.
2: Yeah, you know, but but I, I guess I guess being a, I like to describe myself as as a geek and not a nerd. Um, you know, just for that little piece of nerd in you,
4: mm-hmm.
2: you know, you just you see things on the internet you don't really realize until somebody just kind of like snaps you back to reality, you know, yeah. because like this past week I'd have been watching just ungodly amount of hours worth of you know, new toys, mm-hmm. video game trailers, movie trailers. You know, if I if I could have found um you know, the little panels on online or something. I'd have been watching panels. I you know, I'd have just been doing so much. There was you know, uh, I think sci fi or a couple other shows actually broadcast from there.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And, you know, there's interviews, there's all types of stuff. And, you know, again, it's, you know, football hit me, baseball hit me, <laughs> you know, all this other stuff wrestling, not having wrestling, not being able to commentate wrestling shows, the whole nine yards.
3: Oh, God. And
2: now here's just another one that's, you know, bam, there it is. Well, and,
3: blame blame COVID for me having a Grizzly Adams beard. Okay, you just tell. It, let's be real.
2: Well, I, I I think you probably had one for a while. It's just <laughs> you might you might have taken more time to like comb it a little bit. Cause you always had that one piece of one piece that kind of went in a different direction,
3: (laughs) and I don't know if you had
2: like a calic or something, and nobody would tell you.
3: For the longest time, nobody's going to tell you. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, It just kind of went like sideways, (laughs) you know. (laughs) So,
3: and and that's the thing. Like, I, I did notice that, by the way, over time, and I did notice you jerks that wouldn't tell me. There's a lot of other words I would use, but we're you know there could be youngsters. (laughs) But, you know, the truth of the matter is, like, it's weird because all of the things that we would normally be doing right now, this time of year, like this time of year, we would have probably had two shows under our belt over at UCW. Um, And we would have been planning on our fall schedule, our our fair schedule would have been running strong. um, And we would be getting ready for the big, you know, the big payoff in in Dinwiddie. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I know that uh, we've talked to uh, Mr. Mister Devoir and uh, he's... Uh, that <laughs> guy. Uh. <laughs> ah, come on. Come on. He's not that bad. Hey. He's not that hey. bad. Hey. Next time? He did fire us, though.
2: Well, yeah, and he made me walk away. Uh, that guy.
3: <laughs> come on. He felt... That's you know, right. I'll, I'll be real with you. He, he, he felt like listen, such a he schmuck just, when that happened.
2: He, uh, so he just better not come back on my show and try <laughs> again. So
3: we're gonna play inside baseball for a second. I got so many texts and calls from the dude, dude, what happened? What do I do? I'm like, bro, you just gotta let it, cause cause he doesn't know you like we know you, right? So I'm like, dude, just let it, let it go. It'll be all right, man. I'm like he's fine. I said, but you know we all get hyped up. I'm like, you gotta remember, that when you're talking about the thing you love. It's, it's going to play out. I said, but it'll be cool. But yeah, every day. Dude, what do I do? Nothing, man. Nothing. Because it's a hard lesson to learn. It is. I understand. <laughs> Rob and I know. <laughs> We're like, let it breathe. Let it breathe. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, the reality is it, we love what we do so much. I mean, we. Brian knows. I have talked about for years, all right, guys, maybe we should just wrap it up. Maybe we should stop. Not because I don't love doing it, but because it felt repetitive. And every year, anytime we've had the conversation, it's either you or Rob that's like, no, why would we do that? Let's just do this. Let's just do that. And it would change up. We'd be great and we, if things would go fine. But then there'd be points where we'd be like, oh, geez, what the F? What just happened? And we would all be grumbling and all that. But it, it passes, you know. But it's because we have such a well. – is it an addiction now? Can we call it what it is now? Well, no.
2: So I, I don't think it's an addiction, right? So I think we're long past the addiction oh. phase, right? So, you know, I, I think when we were kids and we were watching this, it was an addiction, right? You know, when, when you would go to school and you'd be ridiculed about how, how it was the F word. You were ridiculed. <laughs> did, did, dare I say it, right? But you still had that group of, of of friends, right? So like for me I was a I was into sports or I was a jock, right? So Mm -hmm. when you come into school, me and my jock friends were uh, you know, like up in the front of the hall and, you know, greeting people we know and, you know, all this stuff. And then, you know, you had you had the preppy friends, you had, you know, all these other friends. Um, But if you were and, and anybody that was a true wrestling fan back in junior high and, mm-hmm. and high school, you know, know that there was a select group that you would all be in one class together and all you would do that whole class, you would talk about wrestling. Yep. Right? <laughs> and that's what, that's what like connected you with, with completely different people. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause it, it, you know, wrestling is one of these things where doesn't matter your race nowadays it doesn't matter your gender it doesn't matter your sexuality it Mm -hmm. doesn't matter your nationality it doesn't matter any if you're a fan you're a fan exactly and and it can truly bring you and connect you with people that you may not otherwise associate with right and and it, it was just, it was so fun. I believe the class was, I think it was an English class. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was an English class. But it was me and about three other guys. And we just sat in this little, you know, square. And we would discuss wrestling, why mm-hmm. this stupid English class was going on. <laughs> and for that period, because I think this was about the only period that it happened, right, that I remember. It was that period, and we just connected on this crazy level. And much like me, you, and Rob do mm-hmm. sometimes, where we just go on and on and on at nauseum about wrestling. That's what we did. And, and you remember Kevin Gales? Oh, yeah. Right? Hey. former NWA yes. Tag Team Champion, right? Damn right. Right. Yeah. This is the guy that I'm talking about. We would sit in this. It was either English or math.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Right.
2: So I'm I'm 47, almost 48, my my memory's sliding. But it was me and him and two other people. We would sit there and we would just talk wrestling. We would bring in the magazines and we would read the mag. We talk about the figures on the back, the black card figures. Yep. You know. And that's what's that's what's cool about this, but. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just God. I need to get you know. That's that's what you know. When when being, uh, do I have to say it,
3: Mister Devoe?
2: Mister Devoe. You <laughs> know that that's the passion that you yeah. know, that that came out, and that's that's what you know. Some people were probably, like, what are these two? What are they doing? Yeah, you know. But if you have that passion. You know, not only not, you know, not only is Dave a boss at times, but he's a really good friend, yeah. Mister Devore. I guess I should say,
3: <clears> you know, Devore. <throat>
2: <laughs> <of> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, but he's a confidant. You yeah. know, we've shared the road together. We, you know, we have tales together. We, mm-hmm. you know, and and it's just one of those things. Sometimes when when two people are very passionate about something and they have opposing opinions, mm-hmm. bam, it's oil and water, and you just got to, somebody's got to walk away.
3: And and it happens. You know what, though? That is, <laughs> God damn it. that's not what I love about what we do. I don't mind now, having those moments as long as it, the payoff is, goddamn that was crazy. And then when you come well, back to it, it's,
2: you know? Listen, so let's not, let's not, let's not, let's not, let's not, uh-oh. it's not because you know me and Rob knows me and you both know because we've had our just disp- had our spats before oh definitely right? yeah and and we had one that went on for a little bit longer than it probably should have yeah but i I made sure to prove a point and and if, if the boss man doesn't think there may not be some retribution. In the oh, future. Oh, no. <laughs> he he yeah. might be a little crazy. Oof. You know what I'm saying?
3: Wait, wait. So well, let me get this right. This this passion, this energy, this aggravation, some would say, is going to have... Are you telling me this is a build-up to a payoff?
2: No, I'm just telling you, There's retribution. somewhere down in the line, when he's not expecting it, oh, shit. I might crush his hamburger. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I might put salt on his salad. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 you know. Do you want to open Pandora's uh, box I, that way? I, I might. I might <clears throat> double lace up both of his shoes so he can't. You know.
3: You're you're talking about one of the the experts of the ribbing business. Are you sure you want to go
2: down that I, road? <laughs> hey, I can listen. I can do it too. It's not. It's not hard. It's not hard. I may not be as good, but hey, if you're not looking and his salad starts to taste salty, <laughs> you might know where it comes from.
3: Oh, <laughs> you got to be ashamed of yourself. Talking
2: about hey, revenge. Or, or, or I could get the midget stripper. We're <laughs> on the other side of the class. So all you can do is look. Oh, no.
3: You're, you'd probably you're you'd probably call the SWAT team on him wouldn't, wouldn't you? You'd call them SWAT. No,
2: you'd SWAT no, him out. Mm-mm, no, mm-mm, no, I wouldn't SWAT him out. So growing up though, when we would go over to an aunt's house or whatever, relatives out, my mom was known for playing pranks. All right. I know about the saran wrap across the toilet.
4: Okay.
2: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know about short sheeting beds. Oh, wow. I knew about racing, beds. Wow. I got a lot of them. I'm just saying. Well, there's
3: a lot of passion behind your words. A lot of, a lot of Somewhere vitriol. down the
2: line. Somewhere down the line. He may regret what happened. Crossing the tailor. <laughs> crossing, yes. Wow.
3: You know, it's funny. You were talking about. You know, back when you're in high school and and you and Kevin would would talk about wrestling and go over the mags and all that, it reminded me when I first met Rob. Rob and I hated each other in high school. True story. My first day in Culpeper County, which is where I went to school, my first day, we're walking through the halls and we passed the band room. And I started making fun of people in the band. And my mom is with me, and she's laughing and giggling because I'm like, oh, look at these losers. And, I mean, I had no idea that Rob was in the band. I had no idea who was walking with us or giving us the tour. Because you remember, the high school used to do the tour for all incoming sophomores.
4: <laughs> and then
3: less than less than two weeks later, Rob and I are instant best friends because here we are both talking about pro wrestling. I just happened to hear him talk about I think he said something about Sergeant Slaughter and I made a joke and all of a sudden boom it, it the switch flipped It's crazy
2: Yeah uh, I mean that's that's the joy about this and, and back then so back then I would say you were you, you hit it more right Yeah So you know you you kind of just like kid in the closet a little bit more, you know, because you were you were ridiculed more back in the eighties, mm-hmm. right? Than than you were in probably the late nineties, and then of course you know going forward. Um, and you were I mean you were lucky because see unlike the other sports, wrestling was year round, mm-hmm. right? you know, so I grew up in Richmond. I grew up in Holland Springs, which is a suburb of Richmond, maybe 15 minutes from the city, 20 at the most, you know, we had the Richmond Coliseum. Um, so back then it was more of a, for those who don't know, a territorial type, uh, you know, thing. So we had Jim Crockett promotions, which was the big NWA banner. Um, and they would run down through um, the Mid-Atlantic region, which went from uh, Virginia down to Georgia, All right, if I remember right. Um, and they would just make loops. So, you know, again, back then it was territory. And, and a company, especially a, a regional-style company, would make loops right, around this territory. So you could almost count on shows being somewhere near you for one or two nights every so many months. Mm -hmm. So you might be in, you know, Norfolk on Friday night. You might be in Richmond Saturday night. You might be in, you know, somewhere up north, uh, you know, maybe Sunday night or Sunday afternoon. And then, so then the the loop would just go down and come back up. Right. That's, that's how it was in the early eighties to mid eighties, you know, before, uh, Ted Turner and them got involved. And, you know, it was, it was nice when you could find somebody that would, you know, you could hop in the car with and go to, you know, Richmond, and of course I live in Culpeper, Richmond, is about an hour and a half from here. You know, two hours depending on traffic or, or mm-hmm. more. And you know, of course my mom, you know, she wouldn't she wouldn't take me. My dad would take me every once in a while and you know, if the weekend was right that I was staying with him. But, you know, once you get older and you get to that driving age and you know, again, people you may you may not even expect wrestling fans, you know, because no nobody's wearing the the, the, the shirts,
3: right? You right. Know, not There's no whole like yeah. T-shirts getting flaunted about.
2: Yeah, you know, unlike the the sports shirts, you know, mm-hmm. football and, and baseball and all that stuff, you know, you don't have you're not running around with a with a horseman shirt. You know, you might see one maybe every six months at at the school. You know, if somebody just happens to bust it out. But you know when you find these people that you can really connect with about this stuff to the point where you're just you're fanatic,
4: mm-hmm. right? Because I don't
2: I don't know what it is. So you either are diehard, yeah. right, or you're not.
3: Yeah, there's no middle middle ground. You're either in right. or out. That's it.
2: <laughs> yeah, and and again, you know, we it, you, you would just and. You would just connect. You would find people, and you'd start talking, and you know, you you'd talk about like you know Saturday night six o five TBS mm-hmm. NWA uh, Jim Crockett was big, you know, or you would talk about uh, the Monday night show uh, with the WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, Prime oh, what, time, what was it? Prime yeah. So you you would talk about that and. It was, it was just crazy. You know, it was almost, again, like you would huddle around each other for protection, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and and then
3: eventually,
2: (laughs) yeah, and then then eventually, you know, you get older and, And you know, you you find more people and, you know, back then there was no social media. There were no Facebook groups for this crap and, you know, oh, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to Richmond this weekend. you want to go, you know, sure, you know let's go you know I'll, I'll you know do the whole i'm gonna tell my mom i'm staying over at somebody's house mm-hmm. what did you hit and um oh that was me sorry um <laughs> had a little music come through um but yeah so you you might would tell her oh i'm staying over somebody's house you know and her being a lot smarter you would be like, well, don't don't you be going to Richmond? Oh no, that's not happening. <laughs> no, we're no. staying right here in Culpeper. You Wouldn't know? dream only of to, it. <laughs> yeah, only <laughs> only to go to Richmond and meet Bill Abner and you know watch you know a four or five hour NWA show and you know that's 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 just what you did back then. It was it was different.
3: I think the coolest parts was like finding new channels that wrestling would come on. So when I was in Maryland, you know, you had the Baltimore station. So it was WWF, uh, WCW, NWA. But you had the Power Hour, NWA Pro, Worldwide, the main event. (laughs) And then you had Primetime Wrestling, Wrestling wrestling Spotlight, Wrestling Challenge, and Wrestling Superstars. And that was just scratching the surface. So then you go from Maryland to like Virginia from, to Culpeper, where I moved to for high school, and like there was nothing. So when I would you know you remember the dial back in the day where you could just change the dial up, like tune in a channel, you might just have that day where you'd get the luck of the draw and be able to see you know spotlight. and it was an hour's worth of just matches dedicated to individual performers. Or it was, you know, you'd get the, the Clash of the Champions and you'd actually get to see, you know, Sting and Ric Flair and the Great Muda. I'm not sure, I mean, that was back when, like, you really no could. Do that. Yeah. that was when, that was honestly, I think that was the coolest time because you could just get into it. And it, it was just like you were discovering exactly. something brand new, even if you've seen it before.
2: Did you not have cable when you got here to Cole
3: So when I was in Maryland, we did. And that's uh-huh. how I, I saw a lot of what I did. But then when I got to Culpeper, we didn't have it for like a year. So uh-huh. I would see, you know, whatever was on the Fox affiliate. And uh-huh. then I would see, um, gosh, we didn't have. So I would see if, like, we had the basic, basic cable package. So uh-huh. global, of course, ends as i'm moving into an area that actually airs global <laughs> so that was a depressing thing cuz i was a huge patriot fan back then Just but like i didn't i would miss all the clash of champions i would miss and and i i would write i wrote for a newsletter and i would send my stuff to the guy and i i couldn't write for him because i didn't have anything that i could write about cuz all i saw was stuff that Man, everybody had
2: already did saw did you not have espn
3: not not until <laughs> um uh, second half of my sophomore year in high
2: school. Holy sh- ESPN was the absolute dream. Oh yeah, when I was growing up.
4: Yeah.
2: Um. So I so when I was in Richmond, right, in Highland Springs, right. So my wrestling con- and we had cable, but my wrestling consisted straight of Jim Crockett Promotions. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So. It was uh, channel CBS, right? The local CBS affiliate yep. would run an NWA show somewhere, depending on the hour, from in between ten to twelve in the afternoon, right? So again, so the hours would switch every once in a while, but you could always count on one hour segment there, mm-hmm. right? And then uh, you would have something on in the afternoon and it would probably be the uh, TBS. And then at night, and this, this was the really cool one you would have. CBS would air a different NWA show, Jim Crockett promotions at night after the news. So you would start, again the, the hours would change every once in a while so it might be 11:30 to 12:30 might be 12 to 1 it might be 12:30 to one thirty. Mm-hmm. you know so the hours would switch every once in a while so like literally you know you would sit there and be like hmm how am i going to stay up tonight because <laughs> the cool thing about that and this was the first time that that it actually like you would understand storyline, right? Mm -hmm. Because you would get a story that would take place at, in the morning. Right. And then a lot of times it would then carry over into that night show. Right. Mm -hmm. The, The late night show. So like the rock and roll express. Right. So what I remember, and again, I could be wrong just based off of the years, but, I remember them advertising the rock and roll express as coming in on an 11 o'clock or, you know, early morning show or afternoon show. Right. So the rock and roll express are coming in, you know, they show you a clip. I'm pretty sure they showed like a, a clip of, you know, the, you know, how good they are. And then that very night, they have a match with the Russians And they take the titles. And that's, that's how I remember it. Now, again, I could, again, I could be wrong, but I mean, that's, that's how cool the NWA was to me, because you would, you, you would get something in the morning and then it may transpire at night. Mm -hmm. And normally the night shows, the, the after the midnight shows, most of the time, that's where you got the really good stuff. So you would get the cage matches, you would get the bleeding, you would <laughs> you would get the serious beatdowns, mm-hmm. and you know it's it's almost like they knew, you know what they were doing, and that's how they filmed it, and that's how they packaged it, and that's how they put it up. Um, but nice. then I didn't get into the WWE until I moved to Culpeper, mm-hmm. right? So I, I think it was twelve when I first. Learned about the WWE, and I guess when I was in Richmond, maybe the cable didn't have the USA Network, and we did, I don't, I don't remember seeing anything on ESPN there either. So I don't, I don't even know if ESPN was around when we were in Richmond. But anyway, so we moved to Culpeper, and that's where I pick up the WWE stuff.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Right now, I you know again, my first love is always going to be Jim Crockett Promotions, right. but I start to learn about, you know, the, up North, the way the, the, you know, the people up there. Now I'd always been a fan of the magazine. So I would read these articles and be like, uh, who is this? Mm-hmm. Right. And I, so I would learn about these guys through these articles, right. right. In, in, uh, uh, pro wrestling illustrated or what was it? the wrestler? Um, the I think there was a,
3: the- yeah, the, Inside wrestling, there
2: were, yeah, maybe it was inside. There were like three really big ones
4: mm-hmm.
3: that I PWI. remember.
4: Yeah,
2: yeah, and and I would I would buy PWI almost religiously, mm-hmm. and then the other two based on the cover article or the cover, uh, you know, what article I I would buy. You know, I might pick up a second one. So I was familiar with them, but I'd never seen them wrestle because back then, you know. The stuff you read didn't have moving pictures, <laughs> right?
4: <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> lucky, lucky y'all. But um, yeah,
3: right. Bunch of entitled geeks, <laughs>
2: <laughs> nerds, nerds. nerds. <laughs> and so, somewhere along the way, though, somewhere along the way, I found ESPN,
4: Mm-hmm.
2: and ESPN probably more than any other channel hooked me to wrestling. Right. So now, again, you know what what, you gotta, I gotta, I guess I gotta explain myself here. So with the NWA, I'd, I'd have, you know, four or five hours worth of programming once a week, Mm -hmm. right. On Saturdays that I would watch religiously. If I was outside, I would come inside, You know, I wouldn't go to... I'd try my best not to fall asleep. You know, if I was at my dad's house, um, because mom and dad were divorced, we would stop whatever we were doing. Mm -hmm. And we were always in there. We were watching it together, right? So Mm -hmm. there's familiar stuff, familial stuff with the NWA, right? right? And then, again, with the WWE, it's a different style of show. And... You know, you got Hogan and all this other stuff that I just, I didn't really get into. Yeah. Right. Even though I knew who some of these guys were, you know, just watching. Cause you know, even back then they would leave the NWA, go up North or, you know, vice versa. But with the ESPN, it taught me, I guess more about wrestling because it broadened my horizon on a level neither of the other two did. Mm -hmm. Right. Because with ESPN, I had the AWA. Right. Now the AWA was up north in Minnesota. Right. I think it was based out of Minnesota. If I, if I remember, but with them, I got to watch the road warriors take off. You know, I got to watch Nick Bachwinkle. I got to watch, you know, all these other guys, a like young Kurt hennen you know the Ganyas. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you and you know, you just got to see, you know, all this different a different style, right, than the North and the and the and Jim Crockett. And then you had what is it, world class,
4: mm-hmm.
2: right, out of Texas. And for everything everybody else was doing on ESPN. World class really knew how to put on a show. And it's almost a shame what happened to it because they really, I think really could have been a major, major national contender. Mm-hmm. I mean, that stuff with the Ericks and the Freebirds is the stuff of legends, you know? And I'm glad I got to see it. And, you know, it, they had, they had great ones too.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, you had, you had a young Austin, you had a young Hall, you had Chris Adams in his prime. Uh, you know, you had like Iceman King Parsons, you had all these other great, uh, you know, people that you would never, you wouldn't seen if not for something like ESPN, uh, what was it? USWA mm-hmm. was that? Was that it? Oh, Jerry Lawler. Uh, yeah, and um, you know the the whole thing. Like, there are certain storylines I remember with like Lawler in the cage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I forget who he was wrestling. Um, where if you got pinned or something, you had to be handcuffed to the cage for uh whatever the time limit was, and your opponent could beat you up and uh at the end they trick him and and the guy's partner comes in and they thump Jerry Lawler and I don't know if it's true or not but like the story was that he lost the testicle. they beat him so bad <laughs> it was like what in the world but you would I mean you, you just you just saw so many great talent off of ESPN mm-hmm. and that was that was my absolute Favorite thing to do because it was Monday through Friday, it was right after school. Yep, so three thirty. Yep. Forget hanging out. Forget whatever. I'm going home. I'm watching ESPN. Uh, I think the AWA one time was on the riverboat. Um,
3: <laughs> that's right. Yeah, damn,
2: I forgot. Yeah. That. Wow. Uh, um. And again, look at look at all the the talent, the young talent, mm-hmm. right? That. You saw that eventually goes on to be the biggest superstars, you know, 15, 20 years later,
4: mm-hmm.
2: you know, so again, Steve Austin, you know, I, re- I remember the feud with him and, uh, his, uh, what was her name? Jeannie. Yep. And it Chris Adams wife. Oh, something. lady
3: Blossom. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um that was that was crazy to watch. Scott Hall, Mark Callis, Sean Waltman, um I mean the list just goes on Kurt Henning. Mm-hmm. The list goes on and on of people you get to see and some of these some of them truly become legends. You know, the Freebirds, the Road Warriors. You know, there're so many that just become true legitimate legends. And that's why ESPN you know, eventually was like the I can't miss.
3: Mm-hmm. I had
2: I I have to be home to watch ESPN.
3: Well and that's funny because like I was you know, late eighties, early nineties, you know, I would I had USA and all that stuff, so I would see both. And that's where I said I got I got a chance to switch back and forth and see the power hour and then see Spotlight and all that. But then I would go and stay with my folks, you my mom and my grandparents in Culpepper and all I had was superstars. If if my grandmother was nice enough to let me change the channel on a Saturday morning. If that was a big if. And then as you know, as time goes by and you know, ultimately, you know, we do get cable, but Rob had that big C band satellite dish. And that dude, I can't tell you how many days Rob and I would just hang out and watch wrestling until like four in the morning because we would find such random stuff on the dish. And it was stuff like MSG Network and, you know, all this stuff. But it was it's funny because, you know, all the stuff we see now that we're like, what the hell? This would never this doesn't work like the eye for an eye match. Did we, did we teleport to a time where people forget that, you know, at one point in time it was a wrestling angle where Eddie Gilbert ran over Jerry Lawler with his car? Like, <laughs> I mean, look, I'm not saying that, that, that the eye for an eye thing was a good concept. I don't think it was. I think it was stupid. But let's not forget that, you know, for all the times that we've seen Asuka do the Green Mist, we saw it first— with guys like you know, the great Kabuki and the great muda mm-hmm. and and it was cool back then, and it was dastardly back then. And for the people that sit there, they're like, "Oh God, not that again. Uh, okay, I think you maybe you're forgetting the point <laughs> it's it's supposed to be. There's supposed to be an element of fun to it, but there's also supposed to be something that happens that makes you go, good God, why do they do that? It's supposed to draw you in. It's supposed to make you angry or happy or sad, Mm -hmm. you know, or or whatever. And that's what, like you were talking about the Rock and Roll Express. Well, we talk a lot about when, you know, Ricky Morton got his face just grinded into the ground. Mm -hmm. And they would later do that again during a storyline with the Dangerous Alliance. Do you remember the blowback that TBS got for that storyline, but they never yep. heard heard squat for what happened with Ricky Morton?
2: No, I don't, I don't remember the sec the, the dangerous Alliance one. And, and speaking of, so we talk about the, the face crown with Ricky Morton. Right. 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 And I, you know, Next time I run into him, I really got to commend him for this because there are certain moments in wrestling that I literally will never forget.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And this one is in my top 10 because I can remember as a child watching this and just being completely mortified. Yeah. Because, again, you watch it and you just as you're he, as he going back and forth You just start to see a little bit of red, Mm
4: -hmm.
2: and then there's a bigger patch of red, and then there's a bigger patch, and it's like, whoa, you know, this is real. But then, that leads to the nose piece, right? The face Mm -hmm. guard, Mm -hmm. right? And do you remember the incident where flair puts the knee across the back of the head
4: mm-hmm. yep, and
2: yep. it almost, it, I mean, it's like that nose explodes
4: mm-hmm.
2: and I, I mean, you're, you probably will not get anything like that now, but ah, that, but that's why, but that's why, you know, so we were talking about passion.
4: Yeah.
2: Right. Because you're right. Right. So I, I, that's why I guess I'm so against the WWE product mm-hmm. because for a while they were the only thing there
4: Yeah,
2: and they didn't, they didn't, they didn't do it for me on a level that I'm used to. Right. Mm-hmm. Because again, like I said, I'll never forget those moments. I'll never forget Lawler and a K.